Welcome to Communities in the Making podcast, which focuses on learning from a project in Bromley-by-Bow in East London, England. Our aim is to share some themes with fellow artists or community workers who are setting up and running art-based community projects, or indeed community-based art projects. We are your hosts. I'm Becky Seal. I'm a participatory researcher and community coach. And myself, Romeo Gongola. I'm a visual artist doing participatory art projects around the globe. And today we have two very, very special guests coming coming to meet us. We are very lucky, I'm Becky. So we'll let them introduce, please, by a little sentence, our first guest. Okay, um, I'm Axel Feldman. I uh, am also very lucky to be here today. And um, I, um, by trade, I'm a graphic designer and I work together with artists and architects uh, who engage with the community and do projects to, that try to improve the, the settings and the, the reality of the community. Thanks, Axel. I'm here today for second guest. So, uh, my name is Sue, uh, Sue Ajapwa. I work in a community centre, uh, Bromley by Bo, and I work with anyone who will work with me, actually. So, it could be, they could be health professionals, they could be artists, they could be musicians, they could be cooks or gardeners or anyone who fancies um, working alongside. So, I'm coming from... I suppose that the basis of what I'm doing is some sort of adult learning and community development practice, but with some conviction about where life is really situated, the spaces we choose to be in, and what we can do together in those spaces. So mm-hmm. I hope that explains. And Axel, you were part of the project. Can you just explain what you did for us on the Bromley by Bow project? So um, I was I've been approached by Romeo to, in a way, as a you know, the function to document the project and to, because uh, these projects tend to be a sort of moment in time and to, as very often there's a desire to capture that moment and turn it into some longer lasting document. So we, uh, we started to photograph sessions, we kind of made objects, we assisted people to, you know, in, in, the, in the art that they created, I guess, and um, ultimately coming out of my own ambition, we tried that, we attempted for the community to be involved in, in all the outputs as well, so when there was a poster or a publication as far as, as it was conceivable, we tried to do this as a collective um, effort as well, so they were that was the idea, I'm not saying this was all successful, but um, the idea that they control what is put out in the world about these sessions. Mm-hmm. I guess that was the ambition. Yeah, and today this podcast um, is around uh, the Browning Bible Center art project that uh, I uh, did with Becky. Uh, I was the artist, uh, I proposed a workshop here. Uh, in uh, February, uh, January and February 2016, and uh, through workshops, we build up an exhibition with the local community uh, from a research that uh, Becky uh, made in Bronnebarbo. Yeah, so we, um, uh, we recruited a group of local people to go out and research in the local community, asking other people who lived here 
what are the ingredients of a good life? And then um, with Romeo and Axel and lots of people involved here at Bombay by Bo, we brought those themes that emerged from that question to life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And today, um, our podcast is called A Never-Ending Story. Is grassroots community art project possible? So we'll be discussing with our guests, trying to tackle what it means to do a grassroots and inclusive community art-based project. Yeah, that's right. And I think we're particularly thinking um, about uh, how possible it is within organisational boundaries. So we were doing this work within the Bombay by Bow Centre, and I guess you guys do various work within organisational boundaries, and we're interested particularly about how that influences the possibility um, to do something really grassroots. Yeah. Um, and our idea came because um, I remember kind of dreaming of what could be the project we would be doing here together and we had this beautiful dream of involving people from the beginning. We, we wanted to do it outside of the Bromley by Bow Centre, we wanted to, like we were thinking about making a yurt, like getting a yurt from somewhere and like kind of touring around different bits around the local area, that was our dream. <laughs> ah yeah, and even during the workshop we had this possibility of uh, almost uh, getting a space outside of the Bromley Bible Centre in order to involve the local community. It's true, and so what, what then, we didn't end up doing that, we ended up doing all of the workshops, apart from one actually, no two, we did in Bow Arts, but the rest of the work took place in, within the Bromley by Bow Centre's walls, so why was that? Yeah, we were kind of limited because we were asked to do the project inside of the Bromley by Bow Centre in order to keep uh, in touch with the people coming here in the centre. So through the process I felt as an artist that there were some limitations that were not uh, giving the possibility to make something really grassroots. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to open up this discussion with both of you here today, I guess, mm -hmm. because we wonder how you uh, work with these challenges in order to develop a really grassroots project. Is this possible? When you hear the word grassroots, what does it make, make you think of? I, I think um, the word project to me already implies certain limitations because, mm -hmm. you know, you get funding for one particular project, it's bound to an institution, so the, the locality is kind of predefined in most of the times, I'm not saying always, but um, and more than most importantly, I think it's always geared towards an outcome. There's always this sort of desire to reach a tangible outcome. I guess that's just how our society works and, and I think this is the first obstacle to, to be really what you call grassroots, which I think is another difficult term because of, yeah. Uh, and, and, and grassroots to me implies something which is already has a view, a top-down view to me because you are you are the, the organizers of a project in which you want to involve grassroots, implying that grassroots is something other already. <laughs> It's not yourself, but it's some sort of intangible uh, mass down there, low lifey creatures. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it sounds to me. I know it's not what the intention is, but yeah. I think there's already something very, very sort of 
us and the other, and I think that's it's, it's exactly the, one of the problems in that term. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. This is exactly why we invited you to be yeah. part of the, the podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> some, some, challenge, <laughs> some challenging views from the get-go. What about you, Sue? Yeah, so um, I suppose um, similar kind of questions popping up in my head with the notion of um, doing a, a grassroots project and, and the possibility of it, but I suppose my principal thing is um, there's an assumption then that you want to do a grassroots project. So my question back would be why? Mm -hmm. We're assuming that that's what needs to happen um, or, or that's the best case scenario. So um, that, that's my initial question. Mm. And, and how, how does one need to be in order to be able to do that? And what is this grassroots? Mm -hmm. What is grassroots to you? Do you use that word? I don't, actually, very much. Um, so it depends on what you mean by grassroots, yes? So if we kind of agree on a common definition for today's podcast on grassroots, and we say that it's about bringing people together and in a kind of a reciprocal way work together toward a project. No matter if the work project is kind of a, uh, question today, if we agree on that, what's the word you would think about, Sue? I, I, I'm thinking more, maybe just, I'm guessing you're looking for some sort of authenticity in, in whatever's created, so at whatever level, that whatever process it is, is producing something that's authentic to that group. Mm. So, yeah, uh, is it possible? Well, I mean, in, in my little head, um, it's not such a major problem because I think art is not situated in the spaces that we kind of have come to understand art to be situated in. So in my head, it's not really a question of possibility. I don't think it's not possible, is the short answer, because I think art depending on, I guess, who you are and, and what it is you do. I mean, culture and life is, is, is universal for everyone. Mm -hmm. So the things that we're imagining to be artistic, or the processes, is probably where the question really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So maybe we have some thought of what that art is mm -hmm. and whether it can be situated in uh, different spaces mm -hmm. because I think any group can create something that is authentic to that group so uh, whether it's a possibility within an institution mm -hmm. is another issue that's to do with power mm -hmm. I think that's where the, the challenge is as, as organizations where we need to kind of possibly interrogate ourselves a bit more mm -hmm. about what it is we're doing and whether we can really call it you know, is it owned by the group? Mm. Is it authentic to that group? Mm. Would it have happened without us? And what's our, what's our place in that relationship and in that? You've been working in an institution uh, in the past. Do you have experience of making this uh, possibility or having a project that's equal or grassroots? More authentic. Authentic. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, sometimes you get Moments like you know, Axel was saying about you know we always work in the context of projects, so you're always aware of limitations. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have 
if you like, high ambitions for, you know, you, you recognize those limitations. But there are times when there are definitely sparks of authenticity. And the more you can, the more that the space enables that, the better. Mm -hmm. I don't think for one moment that those spaces are equal. It is not. Uh, we're not situated outside of the world. So mm -hmm. if those dynamics are in the world, I don't want to assume that the spaces can be different. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be authentic to pretend that it's equal. I kind of hear you say. Yeah, I mean, so, so when I say authenticity, I mean in terms of, in a creative context, so the thing that, whether it's visual art, whether we're making music together, or we, some, whatever form of expression it is, mm -hmm. I think there can be authenticity in that. Mm -hmm. But those spaces are definitely not equal. So for example, if I've come up with an idea that we should do something. I've come up with the initial stimulus that we should do something. Others might kind of go seize on the, the, the you know, on the possibility and, yay, let's do it. But would it have happened in that way if I hadn't instigated initially? Mm -hmm. So there's already, and I don't think it's a bad thing, mm -hmm. but I think it's an acceptance that equality will not just become in that space because mm -hmm. we are ourselves but within that i don't think it's impossible mm -hmm. to create authentic something that's authentic to that group that is creative that communicates things i think it's still possible so it's just about being aware of those limitations and knowing that actually within that it is still possible to kind of grasp on some things yeah just a quick note to that. I think you're right. Um, it's, it's a matter of, the, of my personal practices that I tend to get called when there's a certain design ambition around the community activity. Which, you know, yours was, um, that workshop was pretty abstract. It was about imagining a future probably by Paul, but it was very, you know, it had to do with urban planning, design, what institutions, what facilities do we do we imagine here, around here. And very often I get involved with architects who already have an allocated funding for a new community center or 5,000 new flats or you know something like that. But it's very clear that the outcome will be a new building or a new park or a new piece of public space. And I think there it gets much more difficult to really, um, because it's not merely an, exp I don't want to downplay that, it's, it's not an expression of a, of a number of people who, you know, who authentically promote something or express a, a certain sentiment. It's, it's, it's a very pragmatic piece of, of policy almost in, in a community activist mm -hmm. way. And I think that, it, it's very, very difficult to to, a, to to be inclusive, b to who is involved, you know, c who is whose voices are heard, whose voices aren't, who decides whose voices are heard, whose voices aren't, and so on. So it, it, it runs against the, uh, many barriers, let's say, to to be really meaningful. And, and unfortunately, I have to say, many of these projects turn out in a sort of token way that, you know, yes, we've heard the community and we, we listened to them and we did anyway what we wanted to do something. And, and um, 
this is kind of the sad yeah. part. But I agree, I think in a smaller scale where, where it's about making music or yeah. visual art, it's, it's, it's very possible yeah. and it's very important also. Yeah. Yeah. Expression. So, so what, from, what I heard from both of you is that inside of the institution there is quite a lot of obstacles to make something grassroots, you know? something that is authentic and equal. And even, even in the word grassroots. Yes. <laughs> so, but let's, let's assume and let's accept this kind of uh, obstacle. If you hear the word grassroots and you want to involve people, how will you try to do it inside of an institution? What kind of tip could you give to people that want to do something inside of an institution? Um, I would say don't do it inside the institution. I would wonder why you need to do it inside the institution. If it's really a, co a, a collaboration, if you like. I think that's really important. I think, I think, I mean, I've not come across an institution that's been able to um, really kind of be comfortable with that separation yet, but I think there's a really important thing in interdependence a bit more. I think uh, there, there are signs of that kind of work. So, you know, I remember when I first, you know, people started talking about co-production, how uneasy I felt for a very long time, because actually it, it's, it's, you know, a lot of time it does feel like a mechanism for, for being able to, to evidence a certain level of involvement. Legitimacy of yes. whatever yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's become refined, to, to, yeah, massively refined over the years. So, so yeah, I think there's something about, does it need to be in the institution? Because I think within institutions, there are also, you know, there are lots of things like, um, there is also a need to be creative within the institution, but that's a different uh, dilemma, different issue, if you see what I So there's something about, uh, I think, you know, learning from communities, uh, which is what your work actually did. I think that intention, for me, the big thing is, is, is the institution learning from what came out of that, because that shows the value that's placed on what the people have produced. See, that's really interesting to me because I feel quite hopeful that, the, that this organisation is mm -hmm. um, in that, and we work quite hard to use the structures that are here to weave the findings from the community into the kind of structures that have um, credibility here. Mm -hmm. So taking the findings of what people said with the ingredients of a good life, mixing that with what staff think is their role and their goal as, as their, of their work and then building that into an evaluation framework. Now that feels very, very far away from <laughs> something grassroots, but it's, it, it grew from that and then it's like weaving it back into the organisation mm -hmm. so to make sure that those people's views, so that it's not tokenistic. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's some hope there. I suppose I'm noticing the like, weight of this conversation, it feels very heavy to me. Do you feel that energy? I think it's like maybe because Becky and I, we arrive and we still believe in something that is grassroots <laughs> possible. And I think maybe we have this uh, vision that uh, uh, something that can be 
inclusive? And it seems, uh, this is maybe the next question I, I want to ask. Can I, can I reply to your mm -hmm. question briefly? Uh, so I, I think very clearly that there is, there must be sort of ambitions out there already within the community. They must have certain interests and so on. So I think the first thing to me, I don't know if you agree, uh, would be to, to listen before you, you start instigating your project and saying, think about the future of Romney by Bo or think about a new park. First listen to what is already there, you know, and, and talk to people and see what ambitions are. And then don't, not to act as a kind of director, but act as someone who assists them to to voice that, to express that. And I think art is, is, the, is a fantastic means to do that. I think, you know, to... I really like that. Which was okay, some, because we came with an idea and we tried to find people to work with us. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the reason we struggle. In, because at the end of the day, we really struggle to make this grassroots project, huh? it was difficult. But I'm not sure, I think it came together. It came, I mean, yeah. it was, I, I think it was, a, and this is maybe the question I want to ask, do you make a distinction between the names also of like inclusive, for example? Because I think the project was inclusive, people were feeling mm. that they belonged to it, mm. but was it a grassroots? I think we struggled with it that. It wasn't grassroots because, um, I, I agree with what's been said, but um, grassroots has to have come, the ideas and the instigation have to have come from the people that you're trying to engage. And as soon as we call it grassroots, <laughs> as I've said, clearly isn't because people who were instigating it wouldn't call it grassroots, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, so I guess the bottom line is what you want, uh, or what I want, or, or what anybody wants. Um, but I think absolutely what, what Axel was saying, because um, I think I'm on a journey myself, which is, um, on the one hand, uh, feeling deeply that getting more into creative expression is, is, is an important mm -hmm. place to be. Mm -hmm. And being open, so the whole spectrum of what those possibilities could be. So in music, uh, I found that, um, you know, we, we've sort of had to start, I've had to start at the point of where actually where's the relevance of, of the conversation about music for example um, so it has to fit in with where life is and then sort of like what I can describe as uh, walking together walking alongside each other so I don't have any expertise in music but maybe even chucking out what we mean by expertise and, and back to just being really human mm -hmm. and what we respond to and so but that's challenging when you um you have to actually produce some work at some point there's this in, in the literature I don't, know, I don't want to be too academic but there's this very just interesting distinction between the dialectic which aims to come to a shared conclusion mm -hmm. out of antagonistic positions mm -hmm. And the dialogic, which says everybody just engages in dialogue, everybody listens, not necessarily reaching a conclusion, and you know the process remains open. Um, but by doing that, everybody else first of all becomes more aware of, of his or her own position, and also hears some of the other positions, not necessarily trying to persuade one another. Sure. 
Mm-hmm. 
Brilliant. What about you, Ramir? What are you, what, what are you proud of or hopeful about? Well, for me, it's always to bring people together and feel that there is a, like a big sense of uh, proudness. You know, at the moment that I bring people together and they feel that there is like a community or communities build up when we bring those people together that emerge from our art project. I just, I'm just so, it brings me so much hope, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. no matter what the conditions are. Um, yeah, and as you say that, um, I think for me, for, with this particular project, I feel really proud of um, uh, challenging myself to um, to not have an, an end point, I think, and and to allow the kind of messiness and allow space for things to come in, um, and that felt very challenging at times. And I think particularly because in some ways I held the organisational role, I was like the conduit because I was the person who held the purse strings, like who commissioned Romeo and who then commissioned Axel. Um, so I feel proud of myself for, for kind of going through that process and grateful for all the people who like allowed me to see the magic that is possible when you do that. And, um, and I think then just to take it down to a very specific example, when we spoke with one of uh, the participants who came along to all of the workshops, many months afterwards at, at Romeo's PhD um, exam, she told us like how much it had changed her, her life. Like, the, her confidence levels and she said that she, without coming along to that she didn't think she would now be running the book, book swap that she mm -hmm. she runs so for me I agree with you that maybe the end point wasn't what we thought it was mm -hmm. um, but I think actually it became small like very small revolutions mm -hmm. for individuals there's something I mean I know it's ended and all of that but it has ended no I'm only continuing yes it um, <laughs> I was going to say, there's, there's something about, not so much pride, but there's, there's, a, there's a, a sense of joy that comes out of collaboration mm. when, when you, um, uh, at some point in the, in the creative process, there's a sense of collective joy. I think, I think that it's, it's, it's almost addictive. So it's a kind of thing that when you're trying to start, when you're starting, for want of a better word, you know, beginning that journey, and whoever you're trying to do things with, um, it, it's hard to, you can't make any promises, but hopefully at some point in the journey, there is a sense of collective joy, either what you've done together or what you've experienced together. And those things are really powerful, and I think really powerful in creative projects. And it's a, it's the kind of thing that sustains, you know, it sparks things off, and people have their own kind of visceral ownership of whatever happened, but also the possibilities from then on for further collaboration. There's something about that shared, which kind of distinguishes uh, creative projects. Uh, I, I want to take the opportunity to, since we are with, uh, today with both of you who have been working in the past with very different kind of participatory projects. What kind of tools or advice would you give for someone who wants to start or who is working uh, in this kind of uh, aim of bringing people together? So, so in my small world, uh, it, has to be, it has to begin with uh, a certain mutual respect mm -hmm. of people. And 
regardless of who they are, but there has to be an expectation of it being shared. So if I want to be respected, uh, I'm, I have to commit to respecting others. It, it never works one way, it doesn't actually make sense, does it? Yeah. So, so that's probably the bottom line. The thing is, we don't usually say, you know, like the word respect, and somebody might in the group, which is fine, but actually it's, it's mine is, because uh, you always start with some physical space, and the thing is there has to be love in that space, and that's not an airy-fairy thing, because it's, it's a decision. It's not like an emotional, I love you, mm. but I will love you as a person, and which means acceptance, and it also means respect. So what does that mean for the space that we meet in? Is it somewhere where you would feel acceptance and I would feel, yeah? So it has all kinds of implications for where we choose to be, how we choose to be there, what is actually there when we come, does it feel welcoming, you know, is it warm or is it freezing, um, can I get there? And that's probably the, the, the kind of like the, the very basic Perhaps uh, adding, moment of getting together. Beautiful. Adding on to that is to take yourself back, kind of open the space up for who you are working yeah. with. So don't, not to kind of try to push through an ambition you may have at the beginning of the project, but be, be ready to, to abandon that from the first moment mm -hmm. onwards. Yeah. Be open to, to what happens in that yes. sort of dynamic, yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. Including rejection. Including rejection, yes. Which is not easy to take. No, it's very, I think it's very difficult. <laughs> it it really is not to, easy to take, but it happens. And also to, to, to abandon an own vision yeah. one might have. Because it's true, you're right. So we speak a lot about inclusion and creating inclusion, but sometimes yourself as the one who is facilitating, you can feel also rejected. Mm -hmm. And what about you? What would you want? Could you want it? What would it be? I think this is something we have not really spoke today here with you, but the risk, you know, it's about us creating a space of risk as well. Mm -hmm. Taking chance of having a failure. Mm -hmm. It's about risking, risking together. Mm -hmm. And then we arrive in this, becomes a journey, a big adventure. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where I feel that there is something that is built up where we have Pleasure, joy, fears, and coming. But in, I mean, so so this is this was a big deal, uh, especially when it came to sort of performance-based things, where there's a lot of vulnerability and and that sort of thing. But in order to get to that place where it becomes okay to take the risk, because we need risk taking to be okay, mm -hmm. it was necessary to to, to start with. I wouldn't say removing all obstacles, but at least challenging all the things that might be perceived as obstacles. So if, if nothing's in, and okay, this is theoretical, if nothing's in the way and you are accepted and you feel accepted and you might even have proof that you're accepted because you might have tested the boundaries and we're still good together, and then it becomes and then those risks, people do actually just start to take risks they hadn't actually thought they would before. And, and then we all end up in this place that we hadn't quite imagined, but we're there together and kind of going, oh my gosh, look, we're here.
Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I would build on that um, with my advice, which is um, thinking particularly about how we do that within organisational settings. And your point about the mutual, the mutuality of it, that, that we were taking risks. You know, like I felt I had to hold a space of holding back the HR team from wanting to do things the way they traditionally will do them. Um, and, you know, and trying to work with the time constraints that we had that were imposed by the project. Um, but, but sort of shielding the group to some extent from those. Um, so it's like I'm holding my part of the risk, Romeo was, and then the participants were also taking risks. So we're all taking risks, yeah. like it's not, and I think that is quite equalising. I think so, and I think that's also one of the features of community work is that sometimes clarity is an impossible dream. <laughs> we believe that today. We, we yeah, because we arrive with big aims, yeah. uh, and I think we put ourselves a lot of pressure. Too much pressure, like our, our goal, thinking, our dream was too big. Yeah. To think it's something that can be grassroots. Perhaps that's a final ending where you, where you could say. Yeah moderate your aims, you know, and then, then it's, it makes your life easier. But as well, I think, you know, as well, I think that this, it was nice that yeah. we opened and I think this is that allows to risk, you know, and to reach certain level, because if we had arrived, we'd think it is not possible. It's a strange contradiction of things. It's I think you have to think big. We need to think big, especially if you're a creative soul, you kind of need to think out there. Mm. And then, of course, you have to kind of moderate and you have to navigate all those things. But I actually think that really big thought, one of my struggles is within the institution, thinking, I don't mean big as in enormous ideas, but when you have like some sort of vision type way of looking at things, because actually it does have to chunk into these nuts and bolts stuff. And, and so you kind of have to, when you're in the institution, you have to pick and choose where to, where, 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 where are the spaces? Because that kind of big thinking is really important. And so I don't know about you, but I go out to do my big thinking. Mm. It, it doesn't happen here, mm. okay? I connect with other people, online and other places on a Saturday and <laughs> the Serpentine or somewhere else because it is absolutely necessary to be able to see which bits are allowed to relate to. Yeah, it's really important that big thinking, that big vision, being brave, it is so important. Yeah. Even in the groups, like we started a choir last week, our first meeting was on Wednesday. Uh, people who here in Bromley by Bromley So I think I only know like maybe two or three people from the group. So we're, we're new together. But you know, like life out there is complex and it's harder now. And there's lots of trauma. Yeah, collapse. You name it, you can bring it all in if we want it. So in those spaces, actually, we really need to have like this big vision of what we can do. But it just fizzles down into two songs we're learning, if you see what I mean. But that's our expression of defiant kind of, we're just going to do it and we're going to share it. That's our big thinking, yeah? So actually, I think absolutely, big thinking, bravery, allows you to then work out that the 
how you look. A form of expression, which is, might be like... Yeah, and I want to stick with this word of contradiction because I feel that institutions push us to use the word grassroots, mm. but at the same time it doesn't want us to no. have this really grassroots thing, which kind of perturb putting mm. question the institution yeah. itself. But even that, even that is important. Like the, I, I think, like yes. you say, it's the contradictions, isn't it? Like yeah. we need each other. Yeah. So the institution needs the human and the huge belief. Yes. Um, and the huge belief needs the institution to yeah. enact yeah. whatever becomes possible, yeah. which might be smaller than the huge yeah. belief, but at least something happens. We, it, it drives it drives a, a vision, and then we can kind of wrangle about how to how do we actually enact enact them, and we can have differences on, on how we want to enact them. Well, I think again, like there's a parallel process. Um, there was in the last conversation, so I think the parallel process here is that we are having this conversation mm. in the institution. Yeah, <laughs> and I felt that like. And I think it might be also different for Becky and Sue because you are still part of it as, mm. as, as Axel, especially Axel, he can speak very in a freedom and against it because he's not part of that and myself as well, you know, we don't have any, we don't depend and we don't own it, you know, we don't have to give something back to that. Do you think we can replace the world of grassroots by co-production or no. it just it will become yeah. the same? No, co-production is really... Art design related, I think, where you, where you make a piece yes. together and you make a yeah. project together. Although that is kind of what we were doing, wasn't it? There's nothing wrong with it. I think that what what's what can be problematic is how we how we perceive it. So yeah. so you know when you're doing something and you're very aware of its limitations, you're aware of its limitations, um, and and that's fine to to kind of work within those limitations. And I think that there are worse situations than co-producing, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Mm. So, so it's, it's, it's a way of working together. Mm. And it actually works. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that um, language goes out of date, doesn't it, as mm. it becomes co-opted. And like yeah. for me, co-production doesn't work as a word unless you're talking to, you're trying to win people over in institutional circles, like you're using it like a Trojan horse. Mm. But it doesn't work, it doesn't speak to my heart because it's another institutionalised word. I don't imagine anyone on the street would spontaneously start talking about co-producing with people. But it's already, yeah. it's already replaced participation as the, as the buzzword of, I don't know... Participation is back now. Participation is back now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I read an amazing article about the, like it was um, a linguistic study of engagement, participation yeah. of all these words. And basically, the, the, the language is contested because the space is contested. Mm -hmm. And so, and they were studying it from a very objective. They, they weren't engaging themselves, they were linguists. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. It makes me think about who, who's the quote who talks about aiming for the top branch or something, and then you might get the first branch of the tree. Does anyone know that quote? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> I was looking for like the pipeline. <laughs> Yeah. So that the tree bit reminds me of um, there's a line there's a line in in, in Pericles Shakespeare's Pericles mm -hmm. uh, which was like um, uh, kings are as but the tops of trees but must look to their roots for nourishment. 
So there you go. Roots, back to the roots. Trees. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank, thank you so much. That was kind of fun. Thank you very much. Thank you. you for coming along. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Sue. Thank you, Axel. Yeah. yeah. So, thank you for our listeners. It was Communities in the Making podcast. Yeah. Thank you. And for me. <laughs> <laughs>